שניים סינים עם כינור גדול, ישבו בצד הרחוב ופטפטו בקול גדול, יש פרשת ותפס אותם בזה עגול, שניים סינים עם כינור גדול. When I teach my Hebrew students that in Hebrew Sin stands for China, I sometimes teach this very nice Israeli children song. Until last time when one of my German students said, hey, that's actually a German children song. And I thought, even this song is not ours? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But this version is Bukhima Baim. Welcome back to the second episode of Speak Hebrew, Love Israel. My name is Matan. I'm a Hebrew teacher teaching in London. And this podcast is for people who are studying Hebrew or interested in Israel and the Jewish people and Zionism. So if you're enjoying listening to my students' stories on why they learn Hebrew and our discussion, so please give thumbs up, uh, subscribe, comment, say what you thought about it. And these things take just one second of your time and more people can enjoy it. In today's episode, we are going to speak to Fei, my Chinese-Canadian student, and discover some very interesting points of similarities and of difference between the Chinese and the Jewish people. Over to you, Fei. Shalom, Ani Fei. Ani Lomedad Ivrit. Hi, uh, Hi, my name is Fei. I've been studying Hebrew from Matin since uh, last August. So Fei, where were you born? Where did you live? Please tell us. I was born and raised in Shanghai, and I lived in Shanghai until I was 17 years old. Um, then I moved to Canada, and I, then I lived in Canada for 10 years until I was 28. Then I moved to London. So I've been living in London for the past uh, two and a half years. So do you see yourself more as a Canadian or as a Chinese? I think it's difficult to say whether or not I'm more Chinese or Canadian because I spent my youngest years in China. So I think a lot of the cultures and the values that I have are Chinese and my family is Chinese. But I did receive higher education in the West and I worked in the West. So all of my kind of adult life is in the West. What part of your Chinese culture do you like more? I think uh, for Chinese culture, I like um, the history. And I, I think because we go back many, many thousands of years. Um, so I do like that sense of heritage and that sense of history and that rich history. It's like we like to think that uh, we go back many, many years. We also think that we go thousands of years back in time and that it's God that gave us this promised land, you know. Uh, but obviously today I see some part of what I learned as propaganda. How about you? 
But I do know that some of it is、um, because of government propaganda. Because I think the Chinese government, or like the way that I was taught in school, says that、uh, you know Chinese culture we go by five thousand years. But if you actually look at、um, Chinese history, like so, for example, there are different ethnic groups that dominated China,、uh, Mongolians that dominated China for you know a few hundred years. There are other ethnic groups that dominated China. So it's not necessarily you know the Han Chinese that. Have been here for you know five thousand years. We still consider them Chinese, and we still like to think that they're、uh, Chinese. So, when did you realize that some parts of what you were told about your history is actually propaganda? I moved to Canada when I was seventeen.、Um, I started reading more about、um, about the Chinese government, about politics, about how it's portrayed in Western media, and then I started to. I guess I understand a little bit more about how things actually are. When I was in China, I wasn't that interested in politics, and that's the other thing. I think politics was not really encouraged. As political discussions were not encouraged in、mm-hmm. China, like people weren't really encouraged to talk about politics, and there's not a lot of like debates going on about politics.、Mm-hmm. So as a child or as a teenager, you don't necessarily hear much about it, and if、mm-hmm. you don't. The interestingness you don't necessarily talk about it with your friends.、Mm-hmm. Also, no one really knows what's going on because the news is all controlled by、um, the Chinese government. So you don't really have a clear picture, and it's not something that people talk about. That's interesting because unlike Chinese culture, in Jewish culture, and more so in Israeli culture,、uh, debate and political discussion is very much encouraged. But at the same time, if you say something against the government, it's often being labeled as being anti-Israeli. Especially when you do it from outside, speaking to the world,、uh, as I do. But anyway, I totally resonate with you that only when I came outside of Israel, I started to think more critically. And we say in Hebrew, "Dvarim shiroim isham lo roimikan." Things you see from there, you don't see from here. And I really believe that. So, going back to your life in Canada, what was it that you liked about it in comparison to your previous life in China? In terms of、uh, Western culture, I do resonate with a lot of the things that are not really present in、uh, um, in the modern China. So, for example, because China is an authoritarian government, so.、Mm-hmm. The rights that we have in the West, we don't have that in China. So, in that sense, I do really enjoy having the freedoms in the West,、um, mm-hmm. even though there's a big part of Chinese culture that I'm very、uh, proud of, that I feel very close to. So, in case of Canada and China, it's very different, East versus West, right? But in the case of Israel, so it's a bit more complicated. So on one hand, we see ourselves as a villa in the jungle, as Ehud Barak said. So we see ourselves as Western, but then we also are very proud about our more Arab culture and especially food, obviously. But then we also see the West and especially Europe as very hostile, anti-Israeli, maybe a little bit anti-Semitic for the history, you know. Um, and another aspect is that we see the life in the West as very comfortable, whereas in Israel, 
Yeah, we have quite a good life, but there's always the risk and the need to sacrifice by living there. Going to the army, being called to the reserve. What about you? How do you and millions of Chinese living in Chinatowns around the world see the life in the West compared to China? Um, it's perceived in China that uh, uh, a Western education is... Uh, not necessarily superior, but it's a good thing to have a Western education mm. and also perceive that uh, life in the West is a little bit uh, uh, easier in a yeah. sense. Because life in China is quite difficult um, yeah. with the financial pressure, with the pollution and with the political climate. Um, but I think it's quite common in China to that people want to move to other countries because people feel very um, it's a very difficult life. So, Faye, I want us to speak a little bit about perception. So, how do we Israelis perceive China and other non-democratic countries? And how do Chinese perceive Israel? Are we the good or the bad guys? So, maybe you can tell us what you remember hearing about Israel growing up in China? So, in China, I didn't know much about Israel or about the uh, Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, I think the general I guess perception of Israel and of the Jews in China, I remember when I was little, if I think about Israel, it was mostly in the context of uh, watching the news and then I would hear about the conflict between Israel and Palestine. Yeah. I don't think there was like a negative connotation of Israel, but uh, there is this idea that uh, you know <laughs> the, the, the United States, Is helping Israel and you know it's very much like a Western installment in the Middle East um, that's the idea but in terms of Jewish people I think I think we didn't really have a lot of interactions with Israelis or Jewish people that much in Chinese history I know yeah. that in the Second World War we took in some Jewish refugees but I don't think we had a lot of uh, contact with the Jews so we don't really know much about them but I think generally it's like a positive image. It's, What's the image like? I think Jewish people are, can, are, are perceived to be really smart, quite mm-hmm. financially well off, like the typical stereotype, typical kind of, I guess, positive stereotype of the Jews, very like, educated, very powerful, very smart. That's so nice of you. Thank you very much. I want to thank you and the Chinese people on behalf of the Jewish people. So I don't really remember what I knew about China, but I definitely remember the word China coming up a lot in Israeli Hasbara, which is the Israeli propaganda. And generally, we think that China is such a powerful country that it basically can do whatever it wants. Do you have anything to say in defense of that? China can do whatever it wants. I'll give you an example. So I think China is one of the countries that, so in Israeli Hasbara, in Israeli propaganda, mm-hmm. we always tend to think that the world is against us and that there are double standards against Israel. Because <laughs> why would you criticize us? We are not that bad. And there are countries which are much greater violators of human rights. And in that list, countries like Syria and China often uh, comes up. Because we also have this idea that why is the West criticizing us when they could be criticizing Israel? Really? Get out of here. Do you really think that? Yes. Like, do you actually say that? 
But, yeah, but like, can she see? But can she see that the world is like we are quite on top on the news? We are covered a lot. Too China is too. There's a lot of criticism against China. So and also, I think people in China say people compare the I guess the treatment of the Uyghurs to the the settlements, the Jewish settlements in Palestine. In what way? As in, like, oh, they're doing much worse than what we're doing. Like the settlers, do you mean? Settlers, yeah. Or, you know, the occupation, they're doing much worse than what we're doing. Why? Why is the West criticizing? Okay, so, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let so let's talk about it. What are you doing? What does the Chinese government actually do? Uh, and let's see who's uh, more obsessive and who's worse. I, I don't know, but what they say is that they they arrest uh, Muslims, uh, Uyghurs, and they put them in uh, camps, like re-education camps. Yeah, to make them more Chinese and less. I I, I heard the word uh, uh, ex- extremist, less extremist. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. If Muslims are extremists. Yeah, and they, I think what they're doing is they're trying to erase that Muslim identity. So uh-huh. they force them to, you know, for, for example, to learn Chinese, to speak Mandarin. They uh-huh. force them to shave their beard, um, yeah. now religious clothing. Um, obviously, that's just, uh, you know, the government doesn't really admit that, but that's what people say. Um, and then and they, the, do they accept it? Do they not uprise against it or... Well, I think the Chinese government is very strong. So, no, there are uprising. There are, yeah. um, you know, uh, protests and whatever. And yeah. um, But I think so. Yeah. there are kind of terrorist activities in that region. So, and I think... But that- were they, were they, were their extremism actually happening and the government started this program as a response to some extremism? Yeah. I think what happened was that, uh, you know, there are minority groups in China in that region Uh, whereas the Chinese government is very much, um, you know, dominated by Han Chinese. So so I think the way that maybe the Chinese government manages that region is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a lot, of the peop- a lot of people are not very satisfied, uh, you know, living in that kind of, I guess, Chinese society, being a minority. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dissatisfaction with the way that, I guess, Um, that region is managed. So there, maybe there are protests and some of the protests were quite violent. Yeah. Um, I think to address that, um, the Chinese government just kind of cracks down. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's, there is some kind of violence from that group, but there's also, I guess, mismanagement. So is China following the rise of right-wing hatred of Muslims in the world, following Trump in the U.S., Modi in India, and, of course, Netanyahu in Israel? Is it our common ground? What's happening? I think what the Chinese government says sometimes is that uh, some of those, some of the people in those groups in China, they actually have connections to extremist groups um, yeah. in other countries. So that's why they are restricting their travel, they're putting them in camps. So I do think that there's this general atmosphere of racism and of like anti-Muslim sentiments. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a part of it is because of the terrorist activities going on elsewhere, which makes, I guess, the Chinese government very anxious. And also, I think another thing is that China has been very uh, homogenous. So, for example, in other countries, like maybe the States, Or in India, there are always like different ethnic groups that live together, whereas mm-hmm. for China, 
it's always been mostly Chinese people. So I think yeah. Chinese government. But aren't just, they Chinese? They're Chinese. They're Chinese citizens, but they're not culturally. They're not very Chinese. I would yeah, say. Yeah, so a little bit, maybe a little bit like the Arab citizens of Israel who are Palestinians. They, mm-hmm. Many of them define themselves. But they just don't associate with the symbols of of the state. Yeah, it? yeah, and they they're religious too. So I think that's another thing that makes the Chinese government very anxious because communism we don't really we we don't encourage religion. So religion is very threatening to the Chinese government. I think yeah, so. Yeah. So practices they don't really like people yeah, religion yeah, yeah. in a serious way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't encourage religion and you don't encourage, uh, like you said before, to, to speak about politics. And I think this is, another, this is one point of difference because Israelis, you know, we are very, remember the word dugri, like mm-hmm. speak to, straight to the point mm-hmm. and say the things mm-hmm. as they are. It's a culture of debate, mm-hmm. of, you know, protest is very encouraged. In this part the, mm. of democracy, it is quite democratic, actually. Some people even see it, see it as, uh, you know, loud and aggressive. I'm an Israeli. I realize that uh, my country is, uh, is occupying other people, and, and that's not just, and it's not what I was told, and all this part of propaganda that I see. Mm. Um, and, but on the other hand, I am very much encouraged to protest against it. And I wonder whether mm-hmm. Chinese people like me in China, would they be uh, supported or encouraged in any way? I mean, yeah, let's don't forget. I mean, many see me as traitor. And my cousin told me people like you should not live in Israel. Well, I live in London, no problem. <laughs> but Are there Chinese activists who support the cause of the... Uyghurs, yeah. Uyghurs are there and how are they treated? What's happening with them? So there are a lot of Chinese activists, but they yeah. have to be very secretive. So they have to um, hide and they can't really be openly criticizing the Chinese government. Some, so some of them have like Twitter accounts. So uh-huh. they, they post things on Twitter. And uh, they post things on social media, but in a very anonymous way. Um, yeah. yeah, there's very, there's not that much they can do, actually. Yeah, in China, I would be probably arrested, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm lucky to be Israeli, I guess. <laughs> so, so we spoke about uh, the world being obsessive with us as a very strong point between China and Israel. I also want to speak about image. We Israelis are really obsessed, even leftists about the image, what the world thinks about us. You think so? I really think so, yeah. Why? Is this shocking for you to hear? Yeah, a little bit. Why? Why are you obsessed? We're obsessed because it's really important for us to show the world that we are not that bad. It's not like the Western media in Europe shows us as the oppressors and we're, you know, actually we're the victim here, right? Obviously. I mean, I'm just trying to connect the points between the world being obsessed with us and our own obsession to mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. So what is the obsession Chinese people have about their image? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think we are also obsessed to some extent because um, in Chinese culture, there's this idea of, um, I don't know if you've heard of the term saving face. Saving like, face. Yeah, you have to save your face. As in okay. like, it means like you have to, keep up a good front okay like you shouldn't show your 
I guess, your flaws and whatever you're dealing to the world. In that sense, yeah, I think a lot of Chinese people are really obsessed about what the West is saying about China, and they get really angry also because in China, there's there's not an atmosphere of debates. That's a good Chinese message to end with. Chinese and Israelis around the world, save your faces, keep up a good front, and don't show your flaws. After all, the world is probably just being obsessed with us for no other rational reason for this criticism that we receive all the time, right? Toda Rabba! Thank you very much, Faye, for sharing your story with us. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. And until next time, a final taste of the wonderful version of Two Chinese, Shnayim Sinim, by Shlomo Yidov, Shlomo Gronich, and Shem Tov Levi. של שני יסידים